What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Join the Journey podcast. For this week's podcast episode, we're going to conclude our Pass the Mic series as we interview Joe and Maureen from Transplant Warriors 24-7. Y'all, I'm super excited to have Joe and Maureen on. Not only are they very good personal friends of mine and really big supporters of this podcast, but also they have some really incredible stories of overcoming adversity in their own transplant journey and what ultimately led them to start Transplant Warriors 24-7. What is their story about? What's the foundation and where are they going? We're going to talk about all of that right here, right now on the Join the Journey podcast. All right, what's up, everybody? So as I mentioned in the introduction, we have two very special guests joining us uh, from Transplant Warriors 24-7, y'all, we are in for a treat today. We've got two folks on here that have really incredible stories, and I don't want to take any time away from them. So, uh, Miss Maureen, if you would like to go ahead and start out and introduce yourself, and then Joe, you can uh, hop off of that intro and introduce yourself. Hello, Wills. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm Maureen Cardell. I'm Joe Bueno. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had... Let's see, I'll just start right in there. I had, um, in 2018, found out that I had NASH disease and went to a series of doctors to find that out and ended up uh, June of 2018 being sent to UPenn Hospital, University of Pennsylvania, pretty much told that there was no medication that they give me. I had full liver cirrhosis. And from there, we just went through all the testing, all the all the hoops to jump through to get onto the transplant list. And by October of 2018, I was listed and I received my transplant November 18th, 2018. Thank God. Um, that was my very quick, <laughs> long year of dealing with that, but um, I was blessed and very lucky to come through at the other end. That is rather interesting. <laughs> Sounds like you got- yeah. Quick. Wow. So yeah, mine was very quick. So I'm interested. My first, my first signs of being sick was uh, I went immediately jaundice. Wow. Yeah, those are my only symptoms. And then blood work, you know, obviously showed all the other details and biopsy, you know, done by my local doctor. And, you know, once he did the biopsy and realized how far advanced it was, I was sent right to a transplant hospital. Absolutely, yeah, it's probably important that they go ahead and get you in, especially if you had jaundice and all of that was going on. So I wanna get yeah. Joe now. Joe, if you can give a quick introduction to who you are um, and kind of how you fit into this whole uh, puzzle piece, if you will, of, of our interview. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm Joe Bueno, founder of Transplant Wars 24 seven. Uh, my journey started uh, in 2003 I had really bad back pains, but I owned a construction company. So I kind of figured it was part of that, just popping Doan's pills. Finally, my mother convinced me to go to the doctors. Ended up going to doctors, they did blood work. And I was like, why we gotta do blood work? I have back pains, just give me something, let's, let's move on. And uh, he did the blood work, peed, uh, did a P test, found out I had kidney cancer. Uh, endured 13 months of chemo, uh, paid for death every day for six months until a good friend of mine uh, basically came to my house, insulted me and left without me letting me respond. 
Um, after that day, two days later, I called him up and I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to fight. I've seen you fight over stupid things in this world. And uh, the time for you to fight is now. And we're going to fight. So from that day forward, I've never stopped fighting. I've always um, bounced back and, you know, I, I will fall and I hit, I'll hit the ground and I'll just come right back up. Um, so I'm still in remission to this day, knock on wood. Uh, in 2010, I was training for a triathlon in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And um, I had a stroke in my sleep um, one Sunday morning. I woke up not being able to see on the left side of my, uh, my peripheral vision on my left side and uh, waited a few hours and ended up going to the hospital, feeling fine at that time. And um, the doctor said, you just had a stroke. Uh, your heart just went into AFib and you, you're in end stage renal failure. Uh, needless to say, I spent three weeks in ICU. I've gotten, I got my catheter in the ICU. I started dialysis in the ICU. And then that was the start of my seven years of dialysis. Uh, throughout dialysis, I had three heart attacks on the machine. Um, not taking my binders. I was two years non-compliant, wouldn't go to dialysis, sign off every day. Um, figured out the third year after my donor, uh, found, they found out she had diabetes, so she couldn't be a donor. And I was back to trying to fight to get back on the list since I was non-compliant for so long. Finally got back on the list, um, at UNC Chapel Hill and, um, did dialysis and, um, you know, had my bumps and my bumps and bruises throughout dialysis and my mishaps. Died nine times in 15 years. I was finally transplanted October 23rd, 24th, 2016. Um, and I waited almost seven years for my transplant. You said you waited almost seven years for your transplant? Though? Almost seven years. Uh, I was three months shy of, uh, of seven years. That's a lot of endurance. And I, and it, it is a mental game because I was called seven times, actually six times. And the fifth time I actually, um, for some reason, they put us all together and they usually don't do that. And I guess it was a busy day in the hospital. And I found out the guy next to me was 17 years old and wasn't doing good to dialysis. I actually was a 98% match to that kidney and I signed myself out and walked away. Um, I lived a good life by that time, and uh, he deserved a, a better chance at life than I had right now. Uh, I was better off on dialysis than he was, and I made that choice, and I don't regret one bit of it. So I want to start off really kind of unpacking both of y'all's stories here. Um, Maureen, I'll start with you. I want to kind of get your perspective of just that whole experience, just the um, the challenges that you might have faced, and um, obviously your your story is a little bit shorter than those. Um, but I really want to kind of give you an opportunity to kind of share some of your insights into that journey and experience. Um, so whatever you're comfortable sharing, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean they're really. Um you know, with Nash disease, they, you know, they really didn't give me much background. The only thing that my doctors and I um, really thought, you know, had an impact on me, obviously I'd battled on and off with my weight. Um, back in 2011, I had a gastric sleeve done, you know, by choice to lose weight. And I did, I successfully lost over 130 pounds, you know, great shape. I was working out all the time, 
um, they noticed that that surgery, um, that I did have signs of a fatty liver, but you know, those doctors, the gastric enterologist just said, oh, once you lose weight, your liver repairs itself, no need to worry. So years, how many years passed? Eight years passed and nobody ever checked my liver again. <clears throat> so they're really, you know, the thought pattern that the doctors had, I had, was that my liver probably never bounced back after that surgery and losing weight like most people's do. Um, you know, there was never any other issues that I had in my life, you know, that would have complicated my liver. So that's my, my thought on, on why my liver, you know, took a hit like that. And I think Nash disease goes undetected for so long, you know, and a lot of people that by the time it's found out, it's too late. Right. And so for those of us who, who might be new to all of this and don't necessarily know what um, that disease is and what it entails, can you just kind of provide a little bit of info? You mentioned a little bit, but just for someone who is kind of new to all of this, what exactly is that disease and what is the impact that it has on the body? Yeah, Nash, Nash disease is basically non-alcoholic stadiopathic hepatitis. I believe I'm pronouncing that all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically, it, it comes up, you know, just from a, you know, a poor diet, you know, regular, anybody, you know, who battles with weight can show signs of that. I've actually had a lot of people after I went through my experience, go and get tested and find out that they themselves had a fatty liver that they never knew they had, you know, and that can easily be controlled by diet. And, you know, like what I did, I had a gastric sleeve, you know, cause I tried on my own for years to lose weight and it was a struggle for me. And, you know, all my doctors said, you know, the gastric sleeve is, you know, your safest bet, you know, the gastric bypass is a little bit more intense. So, you know, but at that point, that decision was made before Nash was even, you know, in the, in the works. I didn't even know. I had no idea what Nash was until 2018 when I went into the doctors. And so after they kind of told you what was going on, it sounds like the, um, it's kind of a, say a quick process as far as um, when when they told you something was going on to the point where you had, a, had all that kind of came to fruition is, is that right or kind of what was your what was your timeline from when you oh I went well I found out I started a new job at a preschool um, and being in a preschool you have to go for you know pretty extensive testing you know check for hepatitis all that um, all my blood work came back um, normal as far as that, but um, I forget which level it was that jumped out at them. Um, they actually thought it was my gallbladder at first. So my primary doctor said, I want you to go for some more labs. I guess she did the more intensive, you know, a liver panel, a kidney panel, um, sent me for ultrasounds, you know, CAT scans, all that. And they noticed that my liver was, you know, pretty bad. Um, but then within that time frame of just going to doctors, so from like January to March, I had turned completely yellow, you know, was really sick, you know, just barely, barely able to just get through a normal day. And um, that's when, you know, they did the biopsy. I was at um, St. Luke's in Hellertown or Bethlehem, Pennsylvania then. And, you know, that, that doctor, um, you know, did as much work as he could to find out what was going on and see if they could treat it with medication. And by June of 2018, he pretty much said, there's nothing I can do for you. You got to get a transplant. And off I went about an hour and a half away to University of Pennsylvania. Wow. 
So it's yeah. it kind of developed pretty rapidly for you. Um, yeah. That, but like problem. like they said, it's one of those it's one of those diseases that was lingering probably for years, but it's a silent one. You know, you don't really have symptoms that would bring you to the doctor until you have the symptoms I had. You know, or I had a random blood blood panel done and you know for a new job, and then they that was it. They had to send me in for further testing. Right now, I want to get uh, Joe on the discussion now. Um, Joe, you, your story, no offense to Maureen, um, sounds <laughs> more of a roller coaster, um, roller coaster experience there, man. Um, I, I want to really hear from you about kind of what, um, what started it off in, as far as that journey, um, and kind of the, maybe some of the challenges that you had uh, had in that. So if you want to share whatever you're comfortable, go right ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I'll share it all. Uh, I, I think like when I had my stroke and my, I went to AFib and my instant adrenal failure, I knew I was going to have to do dialysis one time, one way or another. Uh, back in 2003, we discussed that. Um, you know, the chemo is not a permanent fix. It actually do, does more harm than good. Uh, but it got the cancer away from me, so that's a blessing. And you know, it, it it's a it, it was tough. I mean, honestly, you hear everyone else say, "Oh, I have cancer and this and that." Well, you know, I was stuck. I I'm not lo ever lost for words, and I was lost for words. I, I couldn't even I fathom it. I mean, I I just couldn't believe it was me. You know, and with me, unfortunately, for my mom to understand what I was going through, she had to distance herself from me. Which, in in a way, if she came with me to chemo, it would be real. So she didn't want it to be real at any given time. And my mom's my best friend, and I know what she can handle, what she can't handle. And I knew she couldn't handle what I was going through. Don't get me wrong; she tried to cook for me every day. I lost two hundred pounds in six months doing chemo. It was the best weight loss of my life. <laughs> Let me tell you. Forget Jenny Craig; I had it. Um, but. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow. It, it really is. Even to this day, I'll, I'll get choked up on it. Um, it broke me. I mean, you ever want to see a person get broke? That was me. When you have no control of anything in your life, um, you, you had no control when you're going to throw up or be sick. I'm sorry. Um, you had no control of your eyebrows falling out, your hair falling out, all the hair in your body going. Um, you... you you look like this big freak and it's, it's just weird. I mean, it's just a process that I don't wish on my worst nightmare. Um, but, you know, I overcame it. I was blessed with that. And, you know, I had, what, seven good years before I got hit again. I, you know, that's a blessing right there. And, you know, for me, I, my thing was I had to stop saying, why me? Why not me? You know, why am I, why what? Why would I think I'm so much special, special to anyone else, you know? And when I, when I agreed to that and said, you know what, I'm not going to ask why me anymore. I'm just going to push forward. And no matter, I came in this world kicking and screaming and we go out the same way. Um, there was no one, after my friend got me into that zone, I, there was nothing that was going to defeat me. Anytime I had a heart attack, you know, I was like, can you fix it? Yes. Okay. Let's move forward. I don't want to know. Don't tell me anything because I did. I did my journeys alone, and it was hard alone. I mean, Maureen had support from her family, which was great. Her kids—that's awesome. 
but I had none and it sucked. Um, and, you know, it, it's just a thing you just have to like go with, go with the flow, you know? Um, you, I know I, I knew I didn't want to die. And one thing my friend did say to me, he was like, Joe, listen. And he started lifting up my arm and my leg. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm looking for your expiration date because you don't have one. And your doctor, if, if, you, if you think he's right, quit. But you know what? You, you, you could decide your own faith right now. And I chose to fight. And there was nothing that was going to stop me from getting to my goal. And my first goal was beating chemo. My second goal was getting a transplant. And, you know, and dialysis is a mind game. It's more mind than physical. Uh, you know, you, you have to set yourself up with these walls that nothing in this world is going to break you. And it's hard for a lot of people. It's hard to build those walls up. And, you know, I'm, you know, I just, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it's a tough pill to swallow. And anyone who's gone through it understands that, you know, these doctors, they understand the books of it. They don't understand that physical beat down that you get, the physical and mental beat down that you get. And it's, it's just a tough pill to swallow. It's a, it's a lot of learning, learning about your machine, learning about your disease, learning as much as you can about everything that's going on in your process. Because if you don't, you won't get far. Um, I, I tell a lot of people all the time, listen, learn your disease, learn what your dialysis machine means every time it goes off, know what's going on, have questions for the doctors, give them a hundred questions. They're there for that. You know, it, it's just a tough pill and it's, it's a journey like no other. Absolutely. I, I know how important it is from, from my own experience and, you know, being, being that advocate, I think you mentioned a little bit of that, you know, asking your doctors questions and, you know, really, oh, yeah. really taking charge of your own situation. Um, yeah. Really, I'm really interested to hear from both of you. It sounds like um, persevering is kind of a, a common thread in both of your stories. Um, so I'm really interested to hear one, um, a couple of maybe your uh, your strategies to persevere because you know obviously if you're whether you're facing cancer, organ failure, whatever it might be, you know you, you need some sort of a strategy to help you through. Um, so kind of maybe some strategies for that, and then we'll open the discussion to exactly how uh, transplant warriors will start. So uh, Marlene, if you want to go ahead and start off with maybe those uh, those tips. Oh, how I how I persevered through it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <clears throat> Um, gosh, mine, like, like I said, mine was so fast and furious. Really what got me through every day was just relying on my sister as a, a nurse. And I would rely on her to give it, you know, give me the information in English so that I could understand what the doctors were saying. Um, my children, you know, I have, um, at that point, gosh, it was two years ago. So I had a 20 year old, no, 21 year old um, 13 year old and a 11 year old. And, you know, I was still doing the daily grind of getting them up for school, making sure that they ate three meals, <clears throat> making sure that they got, you know, their homework done and we're still getting to their activities. And, you know, and there were times, you know, when I couldn't drive because my blood pressure was so low and, you know, I had to rely on friends who, you know, would come around every so often to help, 
Um, but you do, you really, you realize during that time, you know, who your support system is and, you know, they help you get through it, you know, and obviously, you know, with liver, there's some medications you can take to keep some of the symptoms at bay, but it's, it was, it was a physical tired. I've never felt before. I mean, I, and I like my sleep, but this was physical, physical exhaustion. 24 seven. Now my kids were at school. All I could do was sleep. Like there was no, you know, like with dialysis, I know Joe always talks about like getting up and moving liver is such a different beast. You know, it, it really just shuts your body down, you know, and there's no bypassing it. There's no temporary fix for it. You just got to wait until it's your time. Right. Yeah. I know the, the energy part from the dialysis side, as well as liver, that that is major challenge um but it's yeah like you were able to kind of find your uh your support group if you will um yeah to help you out with that now i want to hear from joe now about kind of the way that he persevered and really got through that kind of psychological space right that, that y'all had both mentioned um that, you know as difficult as the medical part is it, it's you know a lot of it my experience and Hearing the experience of others is, is psychological. So, Joe, how exactly did you go from asking why me to putting your head down and persevering through all of this? Um, I'm going to go a little deep on this one <laughs> so you guys really understand. Okay. While I was growing up, uh, my dad was an alcoholic and he was, um, he liked to beat up on um, my mom. And uh, I got to watch that firsthand growing up. And uh, eventually, when I got big enough, I started fighting back. Um, my mom always told, told me, you know, don't get involved, don't get involved. And I was like, no, that's not how it works. Um, long story short, uh, my parents got divorced. I stopped talking to my father for 15 years because I was disgusted on who he became and that I didn't agree with anything he's done. And I think my fighting started back then, honestly. Um, because I always kept my mom on a pedestal and I'd rather taken the cancer than anyone else. Um, and that's the way I saw it. And I hate losing. That's a number one thing on me. Um, but if you try really hard and give it your all and you cut and fall short, you know what, you gave it your all and that's all you could ask for. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I give myself little goals each day. And I try to make those goals every day. It has to be a positive goal. And I'll fight like hard just to get to that goal. Um, it, and that's, that's all I really did was between my friends, you know, my friend coming over and making me work out with him and getting back in shape. Um, but, you know, I, I believe in the power of music. I listen to every different kind of music. I go from Beethoven to Barry Manilow to Metallica uh, to reggae. It all depends on my mood, and and I even listen to country. Who, who would have thought a Jersey boy would be listening to country? But uh, you, you know, and, and I try to lose myself in the music, and you find a positive way at like, something that po happened positive in my life that I overcame. Because one thing that I can't stand is when someone tells me I can't do something. You know what? I don't know why you're you're doing this. So many people do it. You're right. But my goal isn't to help everyone in this world. My goal is to help one person a day. That's how I live my life. You know, it, it's just, it's, I think it's powerful. You know, it's just doing anything for anyone. And 
and that's how I lived through dialysis was I would do things for other people. I, you know, you walked in, when I walked in dialysis the first time, I saw a bunch of old people waiting to die. That to me gave me the strength to say, you know what? I don't want to be like these people. I'm not waiting for anything. I want to find it. Let, let's, let's get this done. And that's what I did. You know, and you just got to find something and move forward every day. Something has to trigger in your life that you're going to move forward. And that's it. You can't look at the back, look at behind you and say, you know what? I could have, would have, should have. You know what? You can't do anything. Let's just move forward. No matter what you do, you just got to move forward. Because you know what? There is a light at the end of the tunnel and you got to reach that light. But you have to go through a war to get there. And you know this in your heart. You got, you got to fight like no other. Like, this is it. And that's, that's what made me get to my transplant. No matter the heart attacks I had, no matter what came in one way, bleeding out, getting airlifted, getting nine units of blood, driving uh, 40 miles one way with four units of blood in your body. My doctor was like, I can't believe you made that drive. I was like, I didn't want to die today. I don't want to die now. So can we get this done? You know, and these are all the things that, that come across and you don't know how strong you are until you're faced with that one challenge. And before you get to that challenge, like me, they told me I had four units of blood that I might not make it. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to make it. I was ready to pass out. And everyone, my friends in Outer Banks were like, Joe, stay up, stay up, stay up. And then when the nurse came for the, uh, for the helicopter, she was like, you're not going to die tonight. I was like, good. All right. We're on the same page. But, you know, by the time I got to that hospital, I, I went in hyperbolic shock and woke up two days later to see my mother above me. I was just like, I died. Hell just came over here. And it, it, it's, you just got to make a joke of everything. I mean, I did. I made a joke of everything that was going on in my life. And I laughed about it because you know what? You knew it was going to, you know, you're going to cry every day because you didn't want to be in a position that you're in. And I had to find humor out of something. So I would make jokes. I mean, no one knew that I was sick unless I told you because I worked out every day. That was my release. I worked out. I did everything. I pushed forward and worked out every single day. I walked and walked and walked. I felt like Forrest Gump. Instead of running, I walked. That was me. That's how I got rid of even dialysis days when I said, you know what? I can't do this. You know what? I'm going to do it because everyone knows. My doctor says, don't do this. I'm going to do it because he doesn't understand where I'm at. And he, if I, if I sat down for too long, I would have said, you know what? Dialysis beat me. I can't have dialysis beat me. Dialysis doesn't define who I am. I define who I am. Yes, I was on dialysis and that's what it is. Every disease is different, but you know what? I, I wasn't going to allow dialysis to define who I was. And that's what it basically came, came down to. I love what you said there at the end of, you know, how the dialysis doesn't define you, you, you define you. And I think that's yep. something really important to keep in mind for, for both of y'all's stories and for everybody kind of listening in on this is that, you know, regardless of what you're going through, it's not the situation that yep. defines you, your potential, whatever it might be, it's what you make of. And yep. I think that's extremely powerful um, and really uplifting. Um, and I, we're going to kind of talk about it in the next segment here, but I really want to expand the conversation to exactly how Transplant Warriors got started, um, okay. how it's going, and uh, some some maybe some cool stories from, from folks y'all been able to help. But again, <clears throat> next segment. Uh, so folks, stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come right back, and we'll talk all things Transplant Warriors 24-7.
All right, y'all. So before we get into part two of our interview with Joe and Maureen, I want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors, Jonathan Trailer and the Hope with Jonathan podcast. Jonathan Trailer is not only a personal friend of mine and a kidney recipient, but he's also a podcast host and he has a podcast called the Hope with Jonathan podcast. And on that podcast, he really focuses on using his personal experiences battling kidney disease and dialysis and transplant as well and really passing the mic, if you will, and spotlighting other patients around the country and even abroad and giving them a platform to express their own personal journey with battling kidney disease, dialysis, transplant, and so much more. He also does a lot of work in advocating for living kidney donors to step forward. As we heard from Joe in part one of our interview today, he was on dialysis for quite some time, and unfortunately, not everybody gets the second chance of life, and some actually end up dying while they're still on dialysis, which is rather unfortunate. But the good news is that people like Jonathan exist, and they're doing really great work. So if you want to learn more about Jonathan Trailer and the awesome work that he is doing with his advocacy work and his podcast, you can check him out on the Hope With Jonathan podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So with that, guys, we're going to get into part two of our interview with Joe and Maureen from Transplant Warriors 24-7. All right, everyone. So on our first segment, we talked with Joe and Maureen a little bit about their own um, experiences with transplant and um, kind of where they are now. So the second segment, I really want to dive in more on Transplant Warriors 24-7. Um, Joe, I know this is kind of your, your baby, if you will, um, of, of what you did. And so I really wanted to provide this time for the rest of our episode for you to really talk about um, a couple of questions. One, what led you to start Transplant Warriors 24-7? Two, how is it going? And three, uh, Maureen, if there's anything that he forgets, or <laughs> that be provided um, for you to provide that. So, Joe, I'll open the floor to you, my man. Hi, man. Um, Misty, Transplant Warriors actually became something uh, early 2016 uh, when my doctors over at UNC Chapel Hill were begging me to become a transplant coach. Um, and I kept on telling them, no, you know, I, I've been fighting for so long, I just want to take a break. And uh, they were like, you, you know, you do really well. You went through almost everything that a transplant per person goes through, um, you know, and you did a lot of other things. You know, you made it through cancer, your heart condition, dying nine times in 15 years. You, you know, you've been through a lot and you show these people exactly how to do this. And I was like, doc, you know, I'm not really ready for this. <clears throat> so uh, we, he left it as that. Uh, the, the day I got transplanted, at two hours after recovery, I was up walking around and uh, my doctor was like, well, what are you doing? I was like, I'm walking around. I said, I, I got things to do. I don't want to be in this hospital. And I said, and you told me as soon as I get up and walk around, I could leave. And he was like, I did. Um, so he's like, why don't you go back to your room? Uh, uh, the surgeon's going to come in. We're all going to come in and talk to you. And um, I was like, okay. So I went back to my room and uh, went back, got my, back in my bed. And uh, he told me, uh, you know, everything went really well. And, um, you know, just told me a bunch of things about what was going on. And as they were talking, um, I sat there and I was like, doc, you know, whatever you need me to do to help these people out to get on transplant list, I'll do whatever it takes. I said, I got to honor my donor, my donor. And at that time I didn't know who it was. 
Um, I say, I want to honor my donor in the best way I possibly can and be able to tell her story as well. <laughs> and, um, uh, she, you know, and he was a, this is awesome. So I actually started, <clears throat> I think six months after my transplant. Uh, it wasn't called Transplant Warriors. It was just uh, me driving from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to Raleigh, North Carolina to see my doctor's patients on, on dialysis. And uh, the biggest problem that they were having were, was they needed to lose weight to get on a list. Um, that's 95% of the problems that I deal with on an everyday basis. Um, and my age group is usually between 45 and 60, 69 years old. Um, so in the 69 year olds, you know, I got to get them on a list in one year. If not, they have to find a donor and that's pretty hard to find lately. Um, but you know, so when, when dad came in, I told him, and I say about four months after helping everyone, I was like, you know what, let me start transplanting warriors up. And it was just a Facebook page. I didn't even get it patented or nothing like that. And, um, um, I just started with that and asking questions, answering questions, doing uh, podcasts, anything I can to uh, get all this done. And, you know, my number one goal was to actually get people on the transplant list. So um, I helped out one, one guy, his name is Gregory Derek Blanton. Um, he was a, a great man. I could tell him his name because I got permission from his wife. Um, we lost him to cancer last year. But when I first met, how I met him was, um, one of my nurses from my old dialysis center reached out. And he said, Joe, listen, this man needs help. He, he can do the work, but he's just in, he's in the darkest place of his life. And I said, you know, I can relate. And uh, so I went over to meet him and she, she was like, uh, I was like, how, how would I know who he is? He was, he's going to have a dialysis suck shirt on. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, he wears it every day dialysis. And um, he wore, he came in and I was like, uh, I heard you want a transplant. He's like, I can't get one. I said, do you want a transplant? Yes or no? He's like, I can't get one. I was like, do you want a transplant? Yes or no? He was like, yes. I was like, here's my business card. When you're ready, give me a call and I'll get you there. And uh, when I turned around and started walking away, he's like, how much is this going to cost me? I was like, nothing. I said, I need to pay it forward and help my donor out. I need to bring her, her story to the table. <clears throat> and I say he waited about two weeks. He called me and we talked about it for four hours and uh, it, we have a lot, you know, he battled cancer and uh, I battled cancer. He had, uh, he was on heart pills for high blood pressure, uh, diabetes medicines. He was 200, no, 130 pounds overweight, but he only needed to lose 80 pounds to get on the list. When I tell you that man lost 80 pounds in two and a half months, I swear to you, I never thought I could turn him around like I did, but he lost 80 pounds in two and a half months. He was on the list in three months. He lost his diabetes medicines and his heart medicines. He got them from both of those. And then by the six months, he, he lost 120 pounds. And I couldn't be more prouder as a coach to him. Um, it, it was a, just an amazing, amazing feat that we, we did. I mean, honestly, I honestly didn't think I could get him there because when you're 61 years old and you're set in your ways, the odds of me breaking him and put, putting him back to where he needed to be was a task that I didn't think I could do. But like I told him, I said, every day at noontime on your break, I'm going to come to you and we're going to walk every day. 
and we walked every day and I showed him how to eat again. <clears throat> I said, this is not a diet. This is a healthy lifestyle change because what you did before didn't work. So we, we need to make this work. And after doing a few of those, I was hooked. I mean, honestly, I mean, I helped kidney patients, liver patients. I have two liver patients that I saw through two transplant. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's just things that out there that people just don't know or don't understand. Like when, when I got listed, when I went to get listed, I got listed at four different hospitals. Where I see this is, this is a business deal. And if you're going to do the right business, you're not going to put all your eggs in one basket. You're going to put your eggs in each individual basket. You got to remember, the hospitals are a business. They're going to make, they want to make money. So let them fight over who's going to get that transplant to you. And when you do that, you, your, your choices become greater because every, now you have more fields out there for people. Now, you know, you're not only listed at UNC, you're list, listed at uh, MUSC, you're listed at um, Virginia State, you're li listed at Rutgers. You know, get yourself out there because nowadays you don't have to be three hours away. You could, they, they'll schedule it for the next day. And that's what the greatest thing about this is. And the kidney is always the last part of the body. Always gets taken out and, uh, and um, when, when someone passes away, the kidney is the last organ to come out of the body. So, I mean, you have time. Um, and that's why, you know, I chose to have four hospitals and get educated in that way. Um, it's, it's just really educating people what, what you've been through. And with, you know, with my warriors and going, make, having them, having myself walk through their journey, it, it gives me a different perspective because I see it from where I should have seen it, where I, I put tunnel vision on for mine. And I, I really don't remember too much of mine, like talking to doctors and everything. All my, my questions were, can this be fixed? Yes or no. And that's all I did. So now walking them through their journeys and going through their process with them, I saw, I'm seeing what my process was. And it, it's just a great feeling. I, I can't see myself doing anything else. I mean, honestly, I, I'd rather do this to the day I die. And, uh, but it's hard and we need donors and we, we need sponsors and, you know, been doing this for what? Whew, three years, three years now. And, you know, we have a few, a few donors come in and, but basically it's coming out of our pockets. I mean, we're, we're we want to help so many people. It's just, it's tough. I can't, I don't know how to say no to someone. If you need help and you really want to get on a list and you're, you're overweight and you don't think you can do it mentally and physically, I'll show you how to get there, but I can't force you to drink anything. I can't force you to drink the water when I get you there. You got to do the work because when you do the work, there's nothing you can't do. And you'll understand what it took to get to that transplant. If someone just gives you a transplant, you never struggle to get to, to that transplant. Just like I tell the people I work with today, I could give you an A and say, you know what, you passed and here it is. But you don't know the struggle it took to get to there. So when you understand the struggle it is to get the kidney or any organ, you'll understand the struggle to have to maintain it. You won't just, it won't just give up. You won't say, oh, you know, I'll take my medicine some other day. I'll do this, I'll do that. And I hear it all the time. I have people that have gotten two to three transplants. And what happened to your first one? Why well, I didn't take my medicine. That's a good idea. But then they gave you another one. What happened to the other one? I did the same thing. And now you think you're going to do it, do it better this time? It, it's just, it, it's crazy. But, you know, this is a, a, a job that I love. And I'll do it for anyone. And transplant rewards came 
full swing this past two years. We've, we've, you know, we, we went out in Jersey and, you know, we met up with the team up there, unfortunately with the team that we, we went with, it didn't really work out for any of us. You know, they were more corporate America where we were transplant patients. So we understood the patient's views where they saw it as a corporation. And I was like, yeah, no, this is not the path I want to go. Um, but, but, you know, we're here and, you know, we'll do anything for anyone and just have to reach out. You reach out, we'll, we'll help you. That's incredible that, you know, you've been able to take people, you know, from, you might've been in, in a similar position where you were, you know, where you didn't really see the point of, you know, fighting any longer and you just kind of, um, don't, don't want to really want to say give up because it's the wrong connotation. That's kind of only what I know to say that, you know, is you just kind of, put your hands up and say, well, I'm here, might as well, you know, it's not worth it. But to take somebody from that to, you know, really being their own advocate, really taking charge of their own situation um, with the help of somebody like yourself um, to be on the transplant list, that's a, that's a very big, um, big accomplishment that I think, you know, sometimes gets downplayed, you know, is the, the help that it takes or the, the, the people behind the scenes that it takes to get somebody to the transplant list itself, not just the transplant, just getting to the list itself. Um, but, and we don't stop there. We, we continue on past transplant. Cause I mean, I, I know when after being seven years on dialysis, drinking 30 ounces of fluids a day, coming into a new transplant where I had to drink almost a gallon a day, I, I couldn't do it. I, I had other, you know, my doctors, my friends on Facebook, everything, they were like, dude, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I would get to 30 ounces and I will stop. And everyone's like, no, 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 keep on going. And it's just trying to get that, you know, get that whole thing, that whole process. It took me a while. It took me a good six months where the doctors would scare me. Like, hey, listen, you don't drink water. You're, this thing's going to fail. And I just started pounding down water. And that was it. But, I mean, I understand. It. It's hard. Trust me. Dialysis. I, I'd rather have gone through another round of chemo than dialysis for as long as I did. It, it'll break you, it'll, it'll tear you down. Trust me, I know. But you know what? You gotta find one positive thing at every day that you're living that you can accomplish and say, you know what? It's not that bad. I wake up every morning, even to this day. And the first thing I do before I hit the my feet hit the ground is I pray and say, God, thank you for this next day. I'm gonna make it better than yesterday, I promise you. And that's how I live my life every single day. Because I'm not promised tomorrow, but you know what? I'm fighting every day just to make it better. And just to top it all off, it, since, was it Mother's Day of last year? Mm -hmm. Since Mother's Day of last year and driving home from my mom's memorial on April 13th, I had a heart attack Mother's Day driving from Jersey to PA. I didn't say anything. And I waited a couple of days before I went to the hospital. And then uh, on April 13th, I had a, uh, a heart attack driving home from Jersey from my mom's memorial, like I said, and I had it in North Carolina and I started breathing, like like meditation breathing. And morning's like, you're all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm just practicing my meditation breathing. That's it, no big deal. And uh, two days later, I called my doctor. He's like, just go to the hospital for one day, Joe. Just promise me one day I'll have you out one day. I was like, okay, I can do that. And he did. And uh, yeah, I mean, so we're always battling. I mean, just because you get a transplant doesn't mean your, your fight is over. We're always fighting every day. And the one thing on one of my shirts and on, on all my tags is fight to live, live to fight. 
And what that means is I fought to live to live to fight for you. And I truly believe in it. And I, and I stand by it every day. I love that. Now I've, I really want to get your perspective, maybe Maureen's a little bit too. Um, you called it transplant warriors 24 seven. I have a feeling there's a reason why you call it that. So I want to know where the name comes from. And then I want to hear from both of you to cap all this off on what it means to you to be a transplant warrior. Um, but first I want to hear from either Joe or Maureen, um, where did the name come from and how in the, how in the world did all that come about? Actually, Transplant Warriors actually came in probably about three weeks um, after my transplant. And I, I was sitting in my, in my living room and I was like, you know, we, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do everything in the right way. And, but it's going to be a process like anything else. And um, so, I, you know, I said, you know, I'm a warrior that overcame transplant. And I said, you know, with everything that was going on, like, the uh, American Kidney Society, they'll give you, they'll get you back in touch with you within a week and this and that. And I was like, you know what? When I was in trouble and I, you know, was in my darkest spot, I needed someone now. And so I was like, let me put 24 seven. And literally you asked Maureen when she first met me, I slept three hours a night. I was answering emails, phone calls, text messages at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And I would stay up all the way until midnight. So I was able to talk to people in the UK whoever needed help in Germany, uh, South Korea, United States, California, it didn't matter. It didn't matter where you were, what you looked like. I didn't care. If you needed help, I was helping you. And that's where Transplant Warriors 24 seven came in. I didn't want to be someone that I'll help you, you know, on Wednesday or Thursday, or, you know, I can't help you now. No, you text me. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Text me or email me. You're going to get a response within five, 10 minutes. I might not be able to talk to you right that, sec that second, but if I say, is this emergency? And you say, yes, I'm gonna drop everything I'm doing to help you. That's who I am. And that's who we are. You know, Maureen's the same way when she came about, I'll let her describe that one. But when she came in, I, I wanted her to understand that I wanna be there for everyone at any given time. I didn't care what it was, you know? <clears throat> I said, because I know how it is to be on the other side of that phone call, wanting help and no one there to, to answer it for a week. Um, I wanted something different. I want to be, because I'm literally, when, once you join with me, I'm literally in your face. I'm going to your house. I'm knocking on your door. We're going we're, we're to have a bond within three months because you're going to see me every day. We're going to have a conversation every single day. And if you're far away, we're Zooming every day for a little while to get you where you need to be. And then we graduate to phone calls or text messages or emails. But at least once a week, I have to see you. I have to see or be around you to make sure that you're doing the right things, to see how you're talking to me, your body language, everything. Because if not, I'm not doing justice for you. And there's no reason for us to even be talking. Um, I, that, and that's what Transparent Warriors 24-7 is all about. It, it's about helping someone no matter what is in your way, just help them. Because we all need help. I mean, this is something that we can't, I, Transparent Warriors 24-7 can't do this alone. We need people like you, Wills, and everyone else out there that are doing it. Unite and become one and get the information out there for everyone. That's the only way this is all gonna work out. That's so true. Uh, and I appreciate those kind words. Um, so it sounds like, I, mean, I, I wanna get the, uh, 
the perspective, the outsider perspective, if you will, um, from Maureen, because um, it sounds like this whole 24 seven thing, um, Maureen might've thought that, that was just, you know, in the name, not necessarily <laughs> literally yes. seven. Well, <laughs> yes, when I, well, I met Joe, we met through a mutual friend before, before when I was going through my process and we talked on the phone and, you know, we, I mean, I don't, I honestly told him, I'm like, I don't remember much from that because, you know, you know, Will's from, you know, liver, you kind of get into a haze sometimes. And, um, you know, so we did talk, but at that point, like my doctor, my process was so rushed. Like, I think shortly after we talked, it was when I got listed. And then, so I didn't really, you know, get jump on board and get involved with transplant warriors until I think it was two months after my transplant. I reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, I know we talked when I was really sick, but you know, now I got my transplant. And the first thing I wanted to do after having my transplant was help others, you know, cause it's a really dark, scary place when you're going through a transplant. And, you know, I just thought like, God, I was lucky, you know, to have some kind of support system to help me get through it, but it's still talking to Joe and getting the perspective from somebody that's had a transplant and, you know, all your questions about what's, what's the future going to hold now? Like now what, now that we have a transplant, what's going to happen now? And, um, you know, so I reached out and said, you know, Hey, I want to help, you know, do whatever I can do. And yeah, initially he was doing this 24 seven on his own. And, and I was like, and I literally said, like, you mean that figuratively, right? Like not literally. <laughs> and yeah. So when I jumped on board, you know, I helped him out with the, the phone calls, the emails, um, we did kind of tone it down a little bit, like to not so much all night long because I need my sleep. <laughs> um, but, you know, we still get back to people within less than 24 hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just, you know, we met and clicked instantly and, you know, just had the same mindset of, you know, helping other people who are going through this process, you know, through it till their transplant and then after. I mean, I have to say almost every person we've come in contact with that we've talked to and helped, even some of them are just a couple of questions and then they got it. You know, they, they just needed that reassurance, you know, of, hey, I, I just got this test done. You know, is this really it? Is this the last test that I need? And, you know, they just need that, you know, like the doctors, like Joe said earlier, the doctors can give the medical terminology and, you know, give, them all their answers, but to hear it from somebody that's been through the experience, I think just takes a load off of people's shoulders, you know, that, okay, they understand what I just went through. So, you know, this is okay now that kind of gives them a sense of peace. Right. It sounds like um, that you were able to kind of taper it, if you will. Um, yes. From being 24 hours, seven days a week, all the time to yeah. let's, let's uh, I tamed it. Let's do this in 24 hours, not on 24 hours. Yes, I, I tamed him down a little bit. He he definitely does not need much sleep. I, I have to give him that. But I was like, okay, three in the morning, you know, the phone going off. I'm like, we just get some sleep and then we'll answer that in the morning. <laughs> you know, like I always say, we're not doctors. You know, we're not rushing out, you know, to save lives. We're here to help. You know, we're here to give you know, the, the patient side perspective and, you know, so that's, that's kind of where, you know, I, I had to rein him in a little bit and, and <laughs> get him to sleep a little. <laughs> kind of important. 
Um, that that's incredible. The the story that you know from the first segment from from where y'all were both individually to now uh, having having launched this and it's been fairly successful, I would say, um, and being able to help folks really kind of own their own experience and really be transplant warriors. You know, whether they be caretakers, whether they be parents. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's another point. Yeah, that we I always there's a lot of people on our pages and you know people that reach out that are the caregivers, and you know as much as the patients are going through and you know going through transplants hard, it's the caregivers are just as important. And I have that you know clearly on our our Facebook page, especially I know, you know whether you're a patient or a caregiver, you know or sport person, you know every person's role going through transplant is so important. You know, and those caregivers sometimes take the hardest I mean I know just from my experience my sister you know the mental anguish for her I mean she actually told me at one point she was writing my eulogy you know she didn't think I was going to make it you know and as as a sister I'm her baby sister you know that was really hard for her you know she was able to compartmentalize it because she's a nurse but you know for everyday people seeing their loved ones go through it it's hard and the, sometimes the support people need help too and we're there for them as well yeah, I know caregiver burnout and just all of that yeah. is just, it's so real. Um, even oh, in absolutely. Helping professions, I've, I recently got my degree in social work, and a lot of what we talk about in our class is how to prevent that. Um, yeah. Strategies, et cetera. But I think that's awesome that, you know, that page is open to, to so many people across that continuum or that spectrum, really, of the people impacted by this. So, yeah. To wrap up, I really want to get um, an explanation from both of you on what it means to be a transplant warrior. I know that it's an open-ended question for a reason. Um, yeah. I want to hear from you first, Maureen, and then Joe from you. Um, what does be a transplant warrior? Uh, a transplant warrior is, you know, somebody who's going through this process and needs to you know get the help that they need to get through it mentally physically you know just to reach out constantly and you know just get answers that they need you know and do do their part you know like for every organ it's a different battle you know we've dealt with a lot of pretty much every organ i think yeah lung. you know lung heart kidney liver you know and there's different steps obviously you know i can i can relate to the liver side joe can relate to the kidney side and the heart side, <laughs> side. joe can relate to a lot of things but yeah just you know putting in their work you know like we we have gotten some people reach out and <clears throat> they literally want i mean joe's had a couple people say like you know well i i don't know how to eat that diet you know I, can you show me how to cook it can you take like, they wanted him to do as much as go food shopping cook the meals we're like, whoa, no, no, no. This is not us becoming your caregiver. This is us helping you find a way to get through the process and fight for yourself and get the resources you need, you know, to, to get to that point where you can be on the transplant list and God willing, get through transplant and have a successful life afterwards. So that's my take on it. Joe can give his. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the, the, that, that whole experience of, um, you know, really being in that moment and, and having to get through that and really soldier on, uh, pun intended, um, of, of that whole experience. And that's obviously something that 
Um, you, Maureen, I, I believe your story emulates that of you know somebody that was you know put in a situation, regardless of how quickly it developed, um, you had a choice, right? You had a choice whether to uh, whether to sit and sit back and kind of view it from a victim mentality, or to really yeah. you know, pick it up and say, no, this this is my life now, and I'm responsible for this, and um, you know I want to I want to fight this thing. And I, I commend you for, for doing that because I know, unfortunately, a lot of people that haven't. Um, yeah. So I want to I want to finish think, this thing off with you, man. I want to hear from you what it means to be a transplant lawyer. It, Maureen actually nailed it right on the spot. I, she really did. Um, I I can't see myself doing anything but this. Um, it, it's it's uh, it's a great feeling when you you meet the person and I'm going to give you one example. And he's one of my warriors. He actually sleeps at our house a lot. Uh, his name's Cliff. When I met him, I met him through my social worker. He needed a liver transplant, but he was an alcoholic and he did more cocaine to kill a small nation. <clears throat> so I had my hands full and she's like, Joe, he needs to, he needs to be broken and built back up. And I was like, I don't know if he, I can do it. He's 63 years old. He's set in his ways. I, I don't know. She's like, well, he's going to be in my office an hour with his ex-wife and his daughter. So can you please be here? And I was like, absolutely, I'll try. So, and I told her, I said, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold punches. I'm gonna be a prick. And he was like, she was like, Joe, be, do what you have to do to, to break them. I said, okay. So I walked in and he, I was like, hey, my name's Joe Bueno from Transplant Warriors 24 seven. What can I do, what can I help you with? And he was like, well, you have to understand it's this woman's fault and my daughter's fault. I said, well, hold on. You're not ready for this. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, because you're blaming everyone else and you're not taking responsibility for being an alcoholic. And you're not taking responsibility for doing more cocaine to kill a small nation. So until you're ready, here's my business card. I don't have time for this. And I'll see you later. And I walked out. When I tell you this man ran after me, upset, and begged me to come back and talk to him. And I did. And I broke him in front of, me, in front of his family. I broke him and his social worker. I said, now, if you're ready to take responsibility for your own actions, I'll be more than happy to get you on a transplant list and transplant it, but not until then. He was thinking that the blood test that he was taking was just to, for his liver. He didn't think he was, they were testing him for drugs and alcohol. So I'm like, okay. So I made him sign a release with his doctors. So every time he got blood work, I knew exactly when he was using and when he wasn't using. So I would go to him and say, listen, one more time like this, I'm not going to come back. And you can figure it out for yourself because you're doing such a great job already. After that, he quit everything. He called me the day he got transplanted. When he got, hit, when he got the call, he called me. And he said, Joe, I just got the call. This is tough for me. It's, a, it's, a, it, it, it's an emotional swing even to this day. And he was transplanted two years ago. And when, uh, and when, he, when he got out of transplant, the first person his daughter called was me. And he said, Joe? I said, yeah. She was like, my dad needs to talk to you. And he said, thank you. You got me transplanted. And I owe you. And I won't let you down. To, today, he's, uh, he does meetings for AA. Um, he hasn't touched anything. And he's just all around a great person. And I, I, I bless him every day. I, you know, I tell him how much of a good job he's done. I, when I tell people his story, I tell him how proud I am of him. Um, it's just those stories that make you want to keep on fighting and follow the journeys of everyone else. 
it's just a great, it's a, it's just a great feeling. I can't, I can't say it enough. As many times as I've heard it, it it's a blessing every time. It's, it's just like it's the first one all over again. And that's why I do it. And I got to honor my don donor, Kelly, who is a, a wife, a mother, a mother of three boys, um, a seven-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 20-year-old when she passed. And uh, she died two weeks after her nine-year-old's birthday. So how can I not, not tell her story and do what I'm doing and not let people know who she really was? You know, she, I mean, she has three kids that, you know, what I want to do is, and one of my goals with Transplant Warriors 24-7 is raise money to uh, put her kids through college. That's the least I could do. Her mother saved five lives that day. I want to try to save as many as I can for as long as I can while I'm on this earth. And that's that's Transplant Warriors. Man, that's that's so powerful. You know, that that story of you know the that person you were able to help and just the countless others that I know you and Marina both played very heavy roles in in helping. Um, and I'm sure they are they are here today because of the in no short task um the work that y'all have done and your dedication to this really um of helping them you know be warriors you know being people who uh, it sounds like you know taking personal responsibilities is one of those key factors um something else is you know that that dedication or determination to to not give up you know i, I feel like both of y'all have that story that you know again you could have gone one way but you've decided to to keep persevering um yeah that, that is is what a, a transplant warrior is and even if you're a caregiver you know perseverance and finding um finding ways to get through this whether it be a support group like transplant workers 24 7 whether it be um the local faith-based community whatever it might be that you find those people to help you through um, because I think, Joe, you mentioned you know, how, how difficult it is to go through this process yourself. Um, oh, yeah. I would I, I agree with that. And, and I would also say that, you know, this isn't meant for you to go at this alone. You know, if you're out there and you are going through this, reach out to, reach out to Joe. I'm, I'm sure um, regardless of the time of the day, uh, depending on how Maureen is, is on this, um <laughs> you will see within the net within 24 hours um yes. but I, I do I'm, I'm very honored and, and blessed to have y'all on um for y'all to share oh, thank you man transplant warriors for people who want to learn more um follow what you all are doing where can they learn more about transplant warriors join the facebook group or maybe uh, refer somebody there if they know that uh, this might be something that that could help somebody yeah, we have two two Facebook pages, uh, Transplant Warriors 24-7. Um, one's a closed group, one's an open group. Um, the closed group is more for the patients, um, you know, if they need like a, a little bit more of a quiet space to, to, to vent, you know, to talk about what they're going through. And then the open page is obviously for anyone. Um, we, do we do have a website that we're working on, transplantwarriors247.com. It is up. We uh we kind of have to revamp that website, and uh, I've been tasked with that duty of trying to figure it out. <laughs> so bear with me. But we do have the website, um, our email transplantwarriors twenty four seven at gmail.com. and then both of our phone numbers are always open for either anyone to call. 
that's awesome. That is so great. Yeah. Have all of that out there for folks. That is really yeah. So absolutely, man. And I'll, go ahead. I'm sure you can link all that in your. I said I'm sure you can link all that. There's a lot of information. Yes, I can put it in the show notes. So it, for for those of y'all listening, if if you weren't able to write all that down, it'll be in the show notes so you can see. <laughs> it. Um, so to kind of finish off, what I like to do with both of my guests, or in this case, uh, both of you, um, is give you maybe a minute or so to give a message to the audience. Uh, this could be a, a life advice. This could be a quote of yours, whatever it might be, um, a message to the world. Uh, so we'll start with you, Maureen, and then we'll finish up with Joe. Sure. Uh, so y'all, today we've been very to have uh, Joe and Maureen from Transplant Warriors 24-7 with us. Uh, we've had a great conversation about their own journey um, with transplant and cancer and so many other things and what ultimately led them to starting Transplant Warriors 24-7 and a little bit about what that group is. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not give both of our guests an opportunity to uh, give a final word. So world, I give you Maureen. <laughs> uh, my best advice, uh, and especially pertaining to my situation, the liver, uh, you know, check in with your doctors. There, you know, it's not always something that they check for in the blood work. And, you know, there's not many signs and symptoms. So if it's in your family, if you're just curious about it, ask your doctors, you know, let them know that you want to check for signs of fatty liver because it is treatable if you catch it in time. And unfortunately for some, like myself, you know, it was too far gone for me to do anything for myself. I had to just rely on the graces of God. And, you know, I, I didn't get to find out who my donor is yet. Um, Joe was lucky enough to find out. Um, but yeah, just be proactive with your doctors, talk to them, get checked. Absolutely. I love that, um, that advice, you know, of being up to date on everything going on and getting checked for stuff like this, you know, that impacted you that, you know, might not have, um, might not have been known had it not been at that. Um, so I, that's so important, you know, the importance of preve prevention um, is, is worth its weight in platinum, if not more. So Joe, mm -hmm. I want to I want to pass it over to you. So y'all, um, this is the the man behind the method of Warriors twenty four seven. Some days he's up early. Uh, other other days he just rolls all three to one. Um, this yeah. is all, and uh, very blessed to hear his story uh, and his work. So world, I give you Joe. My best advice to everyone is treat this, you, you know, wh whatever you're going through, either liver, kidney, make it, it's a business. You, you, this is a business deal. You know, dialysis, they're a business. They're there to clean your blood. That's their job. Anything else from that, it's just added gravy if they're willing to help you out. But overall, it's all about you. You're going to market yourself. You're going to put yourself out there, you know, you, you, before you even have to go to dialysis, start finding transplanted hospitals, at least find four or three, find three hospitals that you get to within a three hour period and go to all three of them and find major cities. Don't go out in the country saying, okay, now I'm gonna wait. Yeah, you're gonna wait. So try to get to major cities, 
do at least three transplant hospitals and let them fight over you. You know, diet, transplants is a big, a huge business. You know, the hospital makes a lot of money. They don't want to lose that. So, and it, it actually happened to two of our warriors. Uh, they were on the list at MUSC for a little while. And I said, you know what? Go and uh, get checked into uh, University of North Carolina. It's about three hours away from you. Go up there. They went up there within two weeks of them transferring their stuff over there to have another open um, transplant center to their disposal. They were transplanted at their first hospital within two weeks. So it, it's out there. I mean, you just have to, it, it's business. You know, they're, they're going to go for the money first, but make, make it so they have to fight for your business, not the other way around. Not, don't fight for their business. You have no reason to. You have enough stress on your body, in your body, your mind already. Open yourself up to three, at least three, two to three transplanted hospitals and let, let, let it go to work. And what I used to do is I used to call my transplant hospitals and check in with them. By the time I went there to meet them per, in person, I thought I knew them all. I was like, wow, you know, you guys don't look like that. It, it didn't match up your voice and what you look like. And, yeah. So, and, you know, I'm an advocate for uh, UNC Chapel Hill. You know, I'll, I'll advocate for them. Best hospital, best, best, bedside manner I've ever had in my life. And I've been to a lot of hospitals. Trust me when I tell you that. Um, and so it was MUSC. MUSC was a great hospital for my heart attacks, you know, being down here and everything. And everything's been top notch. I, I really can't complain. But, you know, don't don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Put them all out there. What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. The Your, your job is to get a transplant ASAP. That's your job. And you got to be in tone with everything. You know, just make sure you crush your teeth, dot your eyes. And if you have any questions, reach out. We'll, we have no problems at, uh, answering anything for you. And if you need help and I don't have the answer, I'm going to find you the answer. I'm going to call my doctors that I have their emails to and their phone numbers to. And I'm going to call them and ask them. So one way or another, I'm going to get you all the answers that you need. But that, that's all we are, man. We're, we're no one special. We're just trying to help you realize what you can and can't do in your life. And when you're set to hit dialysis or get a fistula or get uh, a chest catheter, it's no big deal, man. These are petty things. You've been through a lot worse in your life. This is nothing. It's just a bump in the road. Yeah. No, I, I love what you have to say there. You know, okay. at, at the end, a lot of it is a business. Unfortunately, um, and for those of who might be new to transplant, we're getting towards the end. And, um, thinking about it now, I might do an episode on this. Um, depending on where you are in the country, I know uh, Maureen and Joe, y'all are in, in South Carolina. Um, depending on where you are, you might be in a different uh, UNOS region, which is the United Network for Organ Sharing. And that is very important when it comes to uh, easy donation because within those regions, um, that are fairly, you know, set um, organs that are recovered for transplant can be available um, within that area. You can direct donate outside, um, but usually it's within that UNOS region. And um, you know, depending on where you are, let's say you're in Georgia, and you know you get listed in South Carolina. But um, as of right now, from what I understand, that's a different UNOS region. So that might actually open your pool. Up even larger than <laughs> um, if you are available for a deceased. Um, so there, you know, good things and all, all, all that other stuff. 
um, which is so important. And Joe, I think you hit it right on the head, you know, of, of being your own advocate and really, um, you know, putting yourself out there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm here in Georgia, so I know of at least two transplant centers, um, Piedmont and um, in Emory. I am in Emory, but I've heard wonderful things about uh, both transplant centers. Um, and, you know, if, if you have any questions, of course, reach out to Maureen and Joe and our transplant warriors, warriors, and I'm sure they would be happy and able to answer your questions. And like Joe said, you know, if, if they don't have an answer to something, they'll find somebody who does. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's very important, you know, in doing this work is that, you know, you don't pretend to, to know all the answers. Rather, you know, you work within your knowledge. Uh, yep. I know the things that you, uh, Joe and Maureen know, and there are other things that we have no idea about. Um, and it's our job in, in those situations to plug people in. And I'm just it's so excited to see what y'all have coming. Um, I'm excited to see the website and to see how Transplant Warriors continues to grow. Um, again, super blessed to have both of you on the program uh, to provide your story and talk a little bit about Transplant Warriors. Um, so with that, guys, that is our interview with Joe and Maureen from Thank you for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Super, super excited to have both of y'all on. Um, definitely, hopefully not the last time. Um, definitely not the last time we'll be speaking on the program. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll have to do a, a podcast when y'all launch your, when, when um, Maureen, whenever you get those uh, changes done for the, um, for the website. Um, yeah. Between the alarm going off at 3 a.m., um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me know and we'll, we'll definitely try to do something for that. But seriously, y'all, uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Join the Journey podcast, our interview. Um, to conclude the Pass the Mic series, I feel like this is very fitting um, to finish up and um, to remind all of you, as I do in every podcast episode, I would challenge all of you to go out and do something this week you would not normally do to make an impact whether that's making an impact in your family, making an impact in your community, or making an impact in your world. Y'all have an awesome week, and we'll catch you in the next episode. See ya.